I'm so looking forward to jumping into this series uh, uh, called The Unexpected Adventure. And uh, I, I want to expand that by saying it's taking, Unexpected Adventures, taking everyday risks to fulfill your destiny and make a difference by finding and fulfilling your unique design. By finding and fulfilling your unique design. When we seize opportunities to fulfill our God-given destiny, our days can quickly blossom into those exciting, unexpected adventures. Uh, it's, it's really, I don't think any of us want to live a humdrum, boring life, but some of us have positioned ourselves for that. We've found a good routine and we stay there. And none of these things move me, you will say. And, uh, and yet you're just not excited and it's not exciting for you and you're not experiencing maybe some of the power and some of the excitement of the Holy Spirit working in you and through you. And that's what I really want to stir up over these next several weeks is uh, for us to realize how important that we really are once we are born again. We, you, you just need to understand that. And I, I really personally feel like the body of Christ at large is lacking that. They just kind of have been able to just come to church. Let's just go to church and let's just do a few good things and let's give to a few missionaries and let's do a few things like that that are very good things. But do you know that's really not God's uh, design and purpose for you? It's, it's much bigger than that. I mean, it's so much bigger than that. And when we get a hold of that and we see it, then I hope that it stirs up inside of us a lifestyle that will energize our faith uh, while making a, an eternal difference in lives around us. See, you're, you're, where, you're where you're at because God wants you there. Yeah. And he's placed you there. Now, you might in your mind think that you've just made your way there. But I just want to tell you, and I hope by the end of this series, uh, at least by the end of this morning, you recognize, wow, I guess, uh, number one, I am more impotent than what I thought. And number two, God has orchestrated my steps even when I didn't know it. And, 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 and some of it has been hard and some of it has been challenging. But as I've responded to him and responded properly, I'm right where God wants me to be. And that's what he's trying to awaken his body up today is to say, okay, shake off the heavy bands. Recognize that you've been on a journey, but that journey is taking you somewhere. And I'm always, I've always been amazed how God can use us while we're still not perfected. Has anybody ever thought that way? Yeah. It's like, man, how can you use me, God? I just seem to have so many challenges and wrestles and fightings myself. And yet somehow... Your God miraculously works through you uh, just because you've allowed the Holy Spirit to work in you and then through you. And I want to show you a video clip here in just a moment. Um, and it's, it's dealing with, okay, listen to me so you can catch, I want you to catch what's going to happen here in this video. It's dealing with evangelism, but that's not what I want you to see in it. What I want you to see in it is some connections that are happening and how important that those connections really are, even when the, the people making the connections really didn't know what was going on at the moment. Okay, and so can you do that? So can we, uh, can we pull that up and uh, see if we can make that work? With... This is Nate. Nate became a Christ follower two weeks ago and is still a bit giddy about it. Now he's trying not to do cartwheels in public. 
Nate became a believer partly because of Kim. Yet, oddly enough, Kim and Nate have never met. How is this possible? Well, let's take a look. Kim loved Jesus from an early age, and in college she had a huge impact on her friends. While most of her peers used their college years to, well, experiment, Kim didn't. She remained committed to her faith, and it showed. It especially showed to Lisa, her roommate, who confessed to Kim that she wanted whatever it was that made Kim so strong. Kim shared her faith with Lisa, and Lisa believed. Years later, at Lisa's first real job, she met Thomas. Thomas was hit by a drunk driver when he was 13 and still carried a lot of anger and bitterness. Thomas and Lisa became friends, and it wasn't long before he started going to church with Lisa and her husband. After a lot of studying and searching, Thomas gave his life to Christ. Fast forward a few years. Thomas became a public speaker and was often asked to speak at large events. See, when he became a believer, Thomas developed a new perspective on life. He stopped resenting what had been taken from him and started being thankful for the second chance he had been given. On one particular day, Thomas shared about overcoming hardship and what it means to choose joy. He was so passionate that a number of people were inspired to share a link to his video. The video of Thomas inspired James, too. And if anyone needed inspiration, it was him. James had a ton of issues. He spent most of his life as a passive husband, an absent father, and a horrible friend. That said, no one disliked him more than he disliked himself. But everything changed the night he happened to watch Thomas online. Something clicked and he knew what he had to do. He surrendered his miserable life to someone greater, and he was forever changed. James fought hard to make up for the lost years with his family. And he also began working with young men who were in danger of throwing their lives away. One of those men was Nate. Nate didn't really know his own dad, and he had no real direction in life, ultimately bouncing from one bad decision to another. Because of that, he often found himself in trouble with the law. No one had ever showed him what it looked like to be a real man. That is, until he met James. James became the first father figure Nate ever had. He learned about honesty, self-control, humility, and integrity, and where those traits come from. Two months later, Nate publicly declared his belief in Christ. And of course, James was there. Now you can see the connection. Nate was impacted by James, who was influenced by Thomas. Thomas saw an uncommon joy in Lisa, who learned of Jesus from Kim. Kim's relationship with God eventually led to Nate's. Funny how these two people have never met and never will. Wow. Wow. Yeah. My desire this morning is that you would have an aha moment. A moment when the Holy Spirit drives into you deeper than he's ever driven into you before how important you are and how important your connections are and how important your life is for the work and the will and the purpose of God. He is using people around this planet to make a difference, but not everybody because not everybody will step into it. Not everybody will really come to the point of recognizing or realizing your, 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 your life counts. You're, you're, you're very important to what he's doing and uh, and I want us today to 
maybe capture the idea of the, the divine destiny that each one of us has, and that will be what we're going to look at today. And again, I want to try to plant something inside of you as I've been praying for weeks and weeks and weeks about this. I thought, Lord, how does this happen? How do people capture the very heart of God to the point where it moves them to literally change their lives? Where they literally, as we watched here, so they, they began to see their life. They wanted their life to make a difference around the world. Uh, as I've said last week is, you know, we are the revival that we're looking for or waiting for. And I think when God begins to work, it's an amazing thing. Uh, I remember, I, I, I think I may have shared this, I hope not, uh, but I shared about, I think I did, but about when I worked at a, build, a place in, in California for a year before I was saved, and there was about five guys that worked back there. It was a steel factory, and, uh, and it was very hard work, and we were very rough and crazy. And I worked there for a year. I became born again, and God so turned my life around that, uh, that, that it was absolutely noticeable. And I worked there for another year before going on to Bible college to do what I felt like God called me to do. And then I went back there about four years later. In the meantime, that, that second year, all they did was mock me, make fun of me, laugh at me, scoff at me. I mean, it was just crazy, you know. But it didn't faze me because I didn't care. I was so filled with the life and the joy of Christ that, that it didn't bother me. I just continued to share the love of God with them and talk with them as much as they would allow and, uh, you know, laugh with them and, and so forth. And uh, I went back a few years later and four out of the five were saved, and one of them had become a pastor. Wow. And I, you know, it's just, you know, as Paul said, some plant and some water, and God brings the increase. Are you planting? Are you watering? Well, if, if I don't get what God's doing, I won't do that on a continual, regular basis. I think we see it in the life of Paul. He was very intentional everywhere he went. Now, sometimes he caused some controversy, and you might too. But, but we're not doing it to be intentionally mean to people, but it does happen when you speak the truth sometimes. How many have found that to be true? You're sharing with somebody, and they get all over your case about it. But it doesn't stop you, and it didn't stop Paul because he was simply him coming from a religious person growing up in church Going to a Bible college is what the Apostle Paul did. Went to Bible college, grew up in church, and then finally he had an aha moment with God. And that was the thing that changed his entire life to such a degree that he began to, to lead people to turn cities upside down. He wrote three quarters of the New Testament. He brings more revelation to you and I from his personal relationship than maybe any other writer in the Bible. And I think, wow, God, how can you use me? Or am, 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 am I the potential that you could work through me and you can minister to people and see this amazing, loving gospel <laughs> passed on uh, from one person to the next person to the next person? If we want to change a nation, we need to change a person. Amen. I'm just telling you, we, we, we got to begin to see it this way and make sure that every bit of our leanings, no matter how we're involved in other areas, Let's all be realizing it's spiritual about it. Paul summed up this kind of life by saying, 
uh, by saying this, that we are to be instant in season and out of season. In other words, every day, all the time, I'm aware uh, of, of God wanting to speak through me to somebody. In other words, he's able to stop me in the middle of whatever I'm doing. He's able to wake me up in the middle of the night to pray. He's able to stop me to talk to somebody when I'm in a hurry. And how many have found that's usually when he does it? I don't know. He, he, you know he, one of his names must be the inconvenient God somewhere in the Bible. He just seems to, you know. It's just like in those moments. But it's those moments where he really pulls you in. And he's, he's doing two things there. He's trying to train you to listen to his voice and hear him. But he's also trying to reach people at the same time. And so he's doing all this stuff to, uh, in us and then through us. Everything I find that he does is in us and then through us. Eugene Peterson, who uh, most of you would know, wrote the Message Bible. He wrote another book called Traveling Light. Traveling Light, and he says this, the, the word Christian means different things to different people. To one person, it means a stiff, uh, upright, inflexible way of life, colorless and unbinding. To another, it means risky, surprise-filled venture, live tiptoe on the edge of expectation. If we get our information from the biblical material, there's no doubt that the Christian life is a dancing, leaping, and daring life. I love that. He's just so well with words when you read the Message Bible. And, uh, but, but that's the truth. Do I live at the edge of expectation? Because a couple things about expectations. Number one, they direct you. Number, one, they uh, number two, they motivate you. And they start your day in the right way. And that, I believe, is how we're meant to live. The difference is between a numb life of predictability and an exhilarating series of divine coincidences orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. What life do I want to live? Where do I want to, what, what do I want to be said of me when I finish up and face my God? I think Jesus planted the seed in us when he uh, uh, when it was said of him uh, by the Father, well done, good and what? Faithful servant. You gave it all. And he did, didn't he? He gave it more than what he asked us to give. And yet so often we have kind of found a way to stay away from that. But I want us through this series to... Expect God to do the extraordinary and the unexpected. How many believe Ephesians 3, verse 20? And most of you would know what that means, right? He is able to do abundantly above all that we ask or can even think. Sometimes we sing these things, but yet do we believe them? Are we believing them? It seems to be so easy to gravitate to a predictable way of life. But through this series, I want to reconnect uh, our heart and vision to your destiny and your purpose. I want you to take ownership if you don't have it and to take re-ownership if you do, but you've been robbed of it. And we're going to take this thing because now is the time. Christopher McCandless said this here, the very basic core of a man's living spirit is his passion for adventure. In other words, when God made you, when God created you, he didn't create you to live a boring life. 
Come on, think about God making you and creating you. Just look around. There's nothing that he meant for your life to be boring. Another famous person that you would know said this, as soon as I saw you, I knew a grand adventure was about to happen. Your buddy, Winnie the Pooh. What happened to his picture? Did we lose it? I had a nice picture of him for you up there. He always makes everybody smile. Him and Tigger, right? Him and Tigger together. They were always on these adventures. And, 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 and you can just say this about Jesus. When you saw him, you knew the adventure was about to happen. And boy, is that ever true. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11 says this. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And he has also put eternity in their hearts. Now think about that. He's put something inside of you when he was creating you. So he puts everybody together uniquely, very individually. And then the last thing he does is like he just throws this piece of eternity in everybody's heart. Why? So you can connect with him at a personal way and know that's who you're connecting with. All of a sudden there's something inside of you. That's what leads the person to get saved. They recognize that there's something in there that's not fulfilled because it's not connected with the living God. And so life is frustrating and life is disappointing and you struggle to find the joy of life and you can't. Why? There's a missing connection with the living God because he put something in there. Why? Because he knew that no one would seek him on their own. And that's what the scripture says, doesn't it? It says, nobody's going to seek me. So he puts this in you. And then he goes on his journey to draw you in to himself. And when you make the connection, it's life-changing because you connect, get connected with life. How many can say amen? amen? I mean, it's a life thing. I mean, it really is. You know, most everybody searches for life before they're saved in lots of different ways. But they end up just being disappointed because it keeps going to a dead-end road. I searched for 21 years. Dead end road, dead end road, dead end road. But when Jesus came and opened up my understanding about him and about who God is and how much he loves me, how much he wants to walk personally with me, how much he wants to make this divine connection with me that he already put in me, put eternity in my heart, then all of a sudden, that's when all of a sudden it came alive for me many years ago, and I've never regretted or been on a greater journey since then. The word unexpected, just by dictionary, is unexpected is not regarded as likely to happen. It's unforeseen, unpredicted. There's no way I thought it would go this way. The word adventure simply means an unusual and exciting, typically hazardous experience, experience or activity. Now that is the walk of Christ. That is when you follow him. He'll have you walking on water, going into fires, tangoing with lions, bears. He'll do all those things, but if he's with you, it doesn't matter, does it? He always takes care of you in those things. He never promised that we wouldn't face challenges, right? He promised us an abundant life, an exciting life, an amazing life. Well, honestly, if you've walked into miracles and walked through miracles, there's nothing more exciting than that, is there? When I'm laying on the bed, paralyzed up to my nose for two months, said they're going to put me in a place where I had to stay because I couldn't go home. 
and God raised me from the dead or from the from that paralyzation, man, I'm just going to say there's nothing more exciting than that. I, I just there's a couple of things I remember in, in my life. Number one, being born again. Number two, watching my children born, in particular Chelsea, because she was the firstborn. The rest of you guys are awesome too. But how many know there's something about the firstborn, you know, when you see this thing happening and you're just kind of, whoa. You know, so I have these experiences in life that are absolutely exhilarating, all related and connected to God. How awesome and how exciting. So this morning I want you to get a, hopefully, an an aha moment of a tipping point, a place where you go away from here and, and you literally experience a difference in your life. And, and the trajectory of life actually changes into a place where God really wants it. I, I can't get away from the fact that Jesus said this to his first disciples. What did he say? Come and follow me. And remember the adventures they were on? They got to see 5,000 people fed. They, they were the ones that were a part of that. He, gave them, he blessed it and gave it to them. They broke it and gave it away. Peter got to walk on water. We just you go all down the line, these guys were just experiencing these amazing things. And, and, and even though they doubted at times, he still came back. He was faithful and committed to them. And they lived this amazing life, and that's what he's calling us to. And he's calling us to this because, number one, you need it. If you're not involved in your destiny, if, you're not, if you don't have this aha moment, I believe, myself personally, it's impossible for you to mature where God wants you to mature. He says, let's go on unto perfection, right? Let's go on to maturity. Well, if I'm sitting in a park somewhere, that's not going to happen. But man, the moment I tap into his will, and the moment I tap into his purpose, that's why when you do decide to say yes to something, if you've ever done this, you said yes to somebody, and then it turned out to be a mess. And I'm talking about in ministry. Oh, I'm a, I'm, I volunteer. You get there, and it just seems like everything goes haywire. Why? Because you needed something. It wasn't that they were haywire, you needed something, or you needed to bring something to it to make it work. And we don't realize that, but in the process of me volunteering and following him, I'm now being mature. There's a, there, there's a divine destiny that I have, and it has to do with me as well as with God's big plan and this purpose. Let me make this statement to you. Uh, uh, you were born on purpose and for a purpose. The exact year, month, and day that you were conceived was no mere coincidence or a result of chance. I want you to see this because we live in a very upside down day, don't we? I mean, it's upside down. I mean, really. Parents are having to sneak out while their kids tell them to stay home. <laughs> Come on. We used to say I wouldn't touch that with a six-foot pole, and now it's a mandate that you can't. <laughs> And to top it off, I go into a bank wearing a mask and asking for money. <laughs> and it's just crazy. It's an upside-down world. But God put you here. He put you here in this day and this time because you could handle everything he has going around you. And he wants you to make a difference in that. He wants you to impact that. He wants you to make it different. Do you realize that you had to outswim about 40 million others to be born on this day? 
You know, they say you were born with a silver spoon, but really you were born a gold medalist. <laughs> you, you won the race. You're here. And, 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 and God wanted you to know your life started with this big challenge, and you did it. You're here. But you're here for the time that you're here is the real point here. You're not just an accident waiting for something to happen. You're here for a divine purpose. And when you tap into that, all of a sudden, it begins to change things. You were designed for this moment in history in your God's mind. Psalms 139 is that verse that we all know. And I just want to remind us briefly, for you, are formed, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows very well. I know this about you, God. I know you created me, and I know you created me right now with my destiny in mind and also with his plan in mind. When I think about it, you know, the, the precision which with, which with we were made is absolutely phenomenal, isn't it? <clears throat> you got a thumbprint that doesn't match anybody else's out of what billions of people. And he gave you this little roadmap looking thumbprint just for you. You got eyes that are so phenomenal that now they're using them for facial recognition for identifying you through a camera. And just so you know, God already has facial recognition happening somehow. And what about your DNA? How amazing that is about who you are. I'm just trying to point out how specific God made you for his purpose so that you can step into this thing. I mean, we had our cars kind of broken into a, a couple months ago and, and the police came by and they were doing these little you know, tests and stuff like that and, and he was fingerprinting the doors and stuff that, to, to try to catch these guys. And, and as I was chatting with him, he said, you know, he said, yeah, we can do a more extensive one, but because this is you know, not really a, a big deal, uh, we don't go to the time or expense of it, but he said, I can literally go into your car and pull out this little itty-bitty piece of a hair, and I can tell you who that belongs to. I'm thinking, wow, that's how God made you. He made you so detailed and so specific so that you would know what? That you are you, and you are special to him, and there's nobody like you in his eyes. And it's like, wow, God, that's so amazing. And, and, and we just kind of pass these details up, and we, we kind of miss it. Let me read that uh, Ecclesiastes 3.11 in the Amplified Version. Uh, he has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time, and he has planted eternity or a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except for God. See, we're back to that thing. We try to find satisfaction in all these things in life, and, and it never comes. <clears throat> but God created you in such a unique and a specific way that it's hard to think that he didn't also have a unique and a specific task for you to find and fulfill. You know, we're taught to pray by Jesus the, the Lord's Prayer, aren't we? Most of us would know that. What is it? Thy kingdom come. What be done? Thy will. Thy will be done. 
We're at? On earth. earth. We've made that a prayer when I think it's more of a mission call than a prayer. Come on, I mean, honestly, let me just quote that quickly so people know that I can quote it and then I'm going to move on from there. No. It's our mission call, folks. His kingdom, he said, would come on earth. And, and, and he's calling his people now to do that. What if I told you that you were actually not saved to go to heaven? That would shock a few people. Wait a minute. That's what I wanted. Well, we might have it a little bit wrong. You were saved to bring heaven here. And we're fighting to get to heaven. And God's saying, no, would you just let me bring heaven to you? And we'll work it on earth. See, we, we get things just a little bit out of kilter, and, and we live life that way, and it keeps us separate from this amazing understanding of our identity, which then defines our destiny. I don't know who I am and what God really wants to do. We all have our opinions. But I'm just telling you, there's only one opinion that will stand, and it's going to be God's. And he's calling me and you and gives us the provision and made the provision for us to know it and to understand it. Listen to uh, Psalms 138.8. The Lord will work out his plan for my life. Yeah. He wants to do this. Why do we keep hearing about this plan? He has a plan for you. He says he'll work it out. I just, and, and I believe that he words this like this and he has made it like this so that we will connect with him instead of trying to connect with what he wants us to do first. Because he first wants you. And if you connect with him, he begins to reveal to you all about the plan that he has going, all about that, and your part that he wants you to play in it. All of a sudden, it's not a secret any longer. I'm not guessing that God wants to use me. I'm not spending my entire life just trying to figure out my purpose. And we've got so many books and seminars on help me find my purpose. And people go to those year after year after year and never get anywhere except for to another seminar. Why? Because we shouldn't pursue that. We shouldn't pursue the gifts. We should pursue God and let him begin to reveal and speak that into you. You realize that most challenges that people have uh, in life come because they were fatherless? This has been proven. We know that. The absentee father or <clears throat> not knowing who their father was and they struggle through their entire life doing what? Trying to find meaning and trying to find purpose and trying to find self-worth. That's how we are if we're not really connecting with our Heavenly Father. We'll spend our life just looking around trying to get this and get that. And God saying, no, I want to have this relationship with you first. Seek first what? The kingdom of God. And, and, and all the rest of this stuff will work out. Yeah. So he is calling us to a higher level of connecting with him and with relationship with him in order for him to be able to work out his plan for my life. And he goes on to say this in verse 8. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, <clears throat> for you made me. See, David's just pouring out his heart like he does in Psalms, you know, opening up his heart to us, helping us to understand how God really does operate, who God really is. He has such a love for you. He has such a desire for you. He, his plan and purpose is going to be fulfilled because of him, but his relationship with you can only happen because of you. 
He'll take care of his plan. We're not going to alter that. All we're going to do is separate ourselves from it. And he's saying, no, I don't want that to happen. I want to reel you in. I want you to get a fresh aha moment. I want you to realize I have a great plan and purpose for your life. And it's critical. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who what? Love God. He doesn't say to those that are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Now that's going to come. But he first says, I want you to love me first. Those that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. See, he has something in mind. And he's trying to get us connected with him. So that he can then see his purpose fulfilled through us, through you. I think it's critical for us to realize that we have a purpose. We're here on a purpose. We're here on a mission. That's why Jesus spoke to people and said, listen, I just want you to totally die to yourself and live for me. Now, most of us might say we do that, but how many know that we're fudging a little bit? Come on. We, we say it, but we're just fudging a little bit. He's not really doing that. And this is how serious Jesus was. He got mean at times. Remember the, 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 the guy that came up and he said, hey, I want you to follow me. And he said, hey, could I just go bury my, uh, my, my, my mother and my father? What did Jesus say to him? <laughs> he said, no, let the dead bury the dead. You don't understand. How do you understand something like that? How do you wrap your head around that? Only if you know the love of God can you absolutely wrap your head around it. And the reality was this. His parents may not have died yet. They may have lived for another 15 years, and these guys thought he was going to skate for another 15 and not have to follow. He wasn't willing to pay the price to do that. And so I think God's pointing out to us that our lives are important. We matter to him. Excuse me. We matter to him, and, and, and it's important that we... Tie into him and then tie into his plan and his design and his purpose for us. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession. Oh, there he goes. He's wanting all of us again. So that you may proclaim what? The excellencies and the wonder, wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness, reminding us where we came from, and into his marvelous light. Come on, it's his purpose we are to fulfill, not ours. I've just watched things happen over the years where it almost looks like, you know, what's my gifting, what's my, me, 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 my. And God said, no, it's about me, and if you'll tap into me, I'll show you all this, show you everything to come. You won't be in the dark. The human race, uh, is, it's very evident that the human race longs for, for meaning. You meet very few people that aren't maybe disappointed or frustrated about life at some point, maybe when they're younger, hopefully. And we spend a lot of money, we spend a lot of time, we spend a lot of energy just trying to find meaning in life. What's this about? 
about? What's it all about? And, and, and when people don't find that, which brings me back to my connection with God so I can find out what his purpose and destiny is for my life, my divine destiny for my life, if I don't do that, then I'm going to remain frustrated and disappointed. I, I just think of an extreme example, <clears throat> and I hate to, I'm sorry to use so many personal experiences, but it's the only kind I have. Um, the, uh, the thing is, is before I was saved, I think you know, I grew up in a very, you know, six alcoholic stepdads, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> you know that. Um, but I had gotten to the point because there was no hope in life. I used to, my, my, my motto was life is a comic book, it's a joke. And I had got to the point in my life because of that hopelessness, uh, and, and, and so forth, that I literally were, had studied for two years on how to be a hitman, because I thought that would be a, a pretty good career. <laughs> I was how warped I was. But for two years, I researched it and thought about it and thought, yeah, that would be easy to get away with. That would be easy to do. Well, that's simple. That's what happens when you get born in California. Things happen to your head. I'll give you just a moment for that one, you guys, but I'll be back. Anyway, they, they, you know what I'm saying? So I, I got there. Why? Because I was hopeless, and your life didn't matter to me. I remember a friend of mine dying in my arms when I didn't know what to do for him on a drug overdose. And I just thought, wow, you know, and everything compounded to destroy my thinking and my life to take me to where I was headed. And God just kind of captured me just in time. I just didn't kill anybody, just so you know that. Okay. And that itch is gone. <laughs> they say that the top cause, uh, one of the top causes for suicide is actually hopelessness. And another one's rootlessness. In other words, I don't know what is this life about. What's driving me in this life? And people just spend their whole life just trying to find happiness. They do it through work. They do it through hobbies. We do it through all kinds of ways. And we just can't find it. You can only find it in Christ. You can only find it as you tap into God and begin to fulfill his purpose. That's where I found, man, hope and life and so forth. But most people don't really know that yet in the body of Christ. We're still just going to church. Listen to these four verses quickly. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And tell me what you hear being repeated in this thing over and over. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and to those that are what? Called according to his purpose. This is where things work out. We try to apply that to everything, you know, we, but, but in reality it says that you have a purpose and you, you run into that and, and that speaks a couple things to me. Number one, he's going to work in me with it and he's going to work through me. And then the second thing, Ephesians 1, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things, what? After the counsel of his own will. Okay, Ephesians 3, 11, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Over and over there's this eternal purpose. There's this eternal thing happening. And for 2 Timothy 1, 9, he was, who has he saved who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. 
I stopped short of maybe another hundred or so verses that say the same thing. The same very, same, very same thing. Can I do a, a, a Mr. Rogers on us this morning? This is really hot up here. I just want to take this off and let you know that we're just going to relax today. We're going to just receive the story. And then we're going to move forward. Your life is so important. It reminded me of a puzzle we bought once. We were in, lived in Portland, Oregon. I hope that I ironed the whole thing. Sometimes I just iron the top, you know, if I know I'm going to work. I just thought of that just now. Wait a minute. Anyway, now, now, now you know my secret. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, we, bought a, we lived in Portland, Oregon, and we went to the coast a couple hours away, and we bought a puzzle of, a, of, a, of course, an espresso machine. And, <laughs> that? and we got it all the way home, and we were going to do the old thing where they used to do that day, you know, paste it to a thing, and then put a frame on it, and hang it, and the whole thing. You know? And so we got the whole puzzle together, and guess what? One piece was missing. We thought, yeah, no problem, let's just hang it. Nobody's going to notice. Does it bother you, hon? <laughs> of course it would. You wouldn't even think about it. That one little piece was missing. And it was kind of funny because the lady, when we called her and we said, hey, listen, this thing's missing a piece. Well, could you tell me which one? <laughs> she literally, I think, right, she was going to go through her puzzle that was the same one and try to find that piece. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even remember what happened, but that was... I about died on that one. I was like, okay. But that's how, I guess, I, I, to me, I thought about this. I thought, that's how important you are. You're one piece of the puzzle, yes, but you're so important to God's plan. You're so important to his purpose right now, right now. Remember Esther's statement. You've you, you come here for such a time as this. I want you to really catch this. I want you to realize how important you are and that you're here for such a time as this. And now is the time for us not to be in a tailspin, as was mentioned earlier, about what's happening around us. But let's tap into God and find out what he's going to do in this unexpected adventure. Right? This is not the first one that we read about in the Bible. They're all the way through it, actually. There's more in there than I thought once we got to looking at it. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should do what? Think about them? Read about them? Study them? <laughs> no, he said, why don't you just walk it out? Would you just walk it out? But we got to know it before we can do that. Let's jump to the end of your notes here. I'll, I'll, I'll jump over a few things here. Um, and, and, and kind of let you fill in the blanks on your notes. The first one, what, what are the challenges and the obstacles and the roadblocks that you face <clears throat> in trying to fulfill God's design and purpose for you? And maybe you're here this morning, you've never had an aha moment, and you don't know what that even looks like or feels like. I'm believing that God's going to give you one. I, I'm not crazy to think that. But maybe you've had those moments and you used to be engaged in it and you used to be uh, on top of what God's doing, but now you're not. And there's reasons that that happens. The first one would be discouragement. Discouragement. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So maybe you've faced some challenges and you're experiencing some discouragement, so you step back. Second thing is doubt. 
doubt. We know that, you know, Thomas faced doubt. He had just some challenges with doubt, and, and yet he continued to press forward, and he made it through it. The third thing is sometimes just distractions. 1 Corinthians 7.35, And as I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for, uh, for what is proper, and that you may serve the Lord without distractions. So he's saying, I need you to focus in on what I'm doing. You're being distracted by all these things in life, and you're totally not doing what I really want you to do. You got distracted on the journey. Number four, deception is very clear. Uh, he talks about where uh, Eve was deceived and that we have to be careful that deception doesn't deceive us. And what is it going to deceive us from? from thinking that I am valuable to God and from thinking that I have a purpose that I can fulfill here. I can achieve this thing. The four, fifth thing would be just bad company. Well, that seems a little bit simple, but I've come to find out that you end up being like who you hang around with. And if you hang around with a bunch of people that are not wanting to do the will of God, you will end up not wanting to do the will of God. First Corinthians 15, 33, don't, don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. So I must have some good fellowship. I must have some people that are like-minded and, and ready to run with me. How will you fulfill your divine destiny? How will you fulfill your divine destiny? Number one, you need to know that you have a calling and a destiny. And that's what I was hopefully trying to say today. You were uniquely made and uniquely placed here at the right time for a purpose that really does need to be fulfilled. And I would say now, uh, all things considered, more than ever before, you need to tap into that. You need to get the aha moment, and God will give it to you if you just ask. Number two, you have to have complete trust in his word. This will never fail you. This will never fail you. But I'm telling you, you have to be in it to know what it says. You have to not say, I don't have time. I don't understand it. I'm too busy. You have to stop that. And you have to set yourself to say, you know, I'm going to give myself to the word of life on a regular basis. I'm not gonna let it be an optional if I have time at the end of the day when I'm too tired, but I'm gonna make it a priority to get into the word. I can't tell you how important this is based on the fact that the Bible teaches that deception's gonna get stronger in the last day. And the only thing that will guard you from deception would be the word of light. And you'll know, you'll know when it's coming. It'll sound good, right? Because he's gonna come as an angel of light. It's gonna sound good, but it's not gonna be right. And we're going to see more and more, okay, this is, this, is, this is my word to you. We're going to see more and more deception coming from the church than we've ever seen before. And many people are going to step back and say, what in the world, what, what, what's going on? Well, you know, why is, I mean, we're already seeing it now, but it's going to only increase, and it's going to cause people that don't know his word and don't know him to be deceived. My warning to all of us here this morning, if as a motivation to get in the word, that should be really it. And it said, don't think that you can't be deceived. If you don't have the word and the light, you will be deceived. Can I get an amen about that? Amen. This is the truth. We just try to do stuff without God. We can't. And we never will be able to. Third thing is practice talking and engaging with the Holy Spirit. That's going to be one of our points through this series is how do we engage with the Holy Spirit? Is there a difference between me getting the Spirit when I'm saved 
and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to make that very clear. We're going to see that there absolutely is a difference there and be able to hopefully get us all to step into it. But I want you to begin to practice talking to the Lord. I don't know how you do your devotions. I don't know how you do your time with him, but I hope it has some verbal to it. I hope you're talking to him. I hope you're learning to engage with him. I hope you're, if nothing else, just opening your heart to him verbally and just begin to share your heart with him and begin to tell him what you're thinking. You know, your thoughts are so important to you. And, and sometimes it's better to tell him what you're thinking first before you go tell somebody else. Come on. And, and, and allow him to do that. Lord, should I think that? Should I say that? <laughs> But man, once you say it, it's out, right? Once you say it, you just reinforced it into your own life because faith comes by hearing. Come on. Hearing even your own words. You're developing something because why? You're a son or a daughter of God. You're created in his image and likeness. If his word makes a difference, so will yours. That's what we got to get a hold of, right? Come on, let's, let's, let's get this thing and say, God, I just need to do it. So just practice talking to him and engaging with him. And if you don't know how, or if you struggle with it when you do it, find somebody that knows how and just talk to them. Don't remain ignorant. And then learn to, uh, number four, learn to detect the defining moments in your life. Learn to detect the defining moments in your life. In other words, am I having... A busy life, so busy that um, I'm not hearing the Lord through the week. One of my challenges is going to be for you today is that you would maybe every day wake up. We saw the video, right? I mean, this is what's really going to happen. You're going to talk to somebody, and they're going to, it's going to affect their life, and then they're going to talk to somebody else, and this thing just continues to multiply according to God. He loves multiplication. But I'm going to ask you to say, God, I want a divine encounter today. Just every day, just get up and just say, God, give me a divine encounter today. I'm going to listen for it, and I'm going to do something about it. I'm really going to do something about it. How many believe, how many would, and please don't raise your hand if you really don't believe it, but how many believe that God wants to give you a divine encounter with people? Would you raise your hand? Real high. See, we, we, we really, then, then we should be asking for that. Let's not know the scriptures, but not do the scriptures. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to do something fresh and new inside of us that literally transforms us. I don't know about you, I have just found that when I really talk verbally to God, He begins to talk back. How many have experienced that? Honestly, I mean, and, and, and I'm not asking for a natural voice to come from God. He's only done that a couple times in history. But he can so connect with your spiritual voice that it's as real as a real voice. Stand to your feet if you would. We're on a very unexpected adventure in 2021. We're going to face things that, that, uh, that are going to be different than any other time in history, I might say. Any other time in history. So he's created a church that's able to handle that. That's the exciting thing. Why? Because he knew the day you were going to be born. He knew you were going to be here today. He knew all of these things about you. 
And he designed you to do something bigger than what you're doing. And that takes divine encounters. I just want to pray for all of us, those that are watching online as well. God wants us to begin to believe in the supernatural, and the supernatural happens on a daily basis. It happens on a, a daily basis. I, I just remember the story with Dez. Uh, I don't know if did you share that with the whole church or just a few people about Sai? I think it's Sai is her name. Did you share that with the whole church? Yeah, he's working uh, in his business at a, one of the guys that he's working with, designing a house with, just starts crying and sharing the story about his wife in the hospital in intensive care ready to die. And there's no hope. And we as a men's group prayed for her and he let them know we would be praying. We prayed for her on a Monday morning at about uh, 8.30, 9 o'clock. And she was released from the intensive care, I think, Right, within an hour of us praying. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just thank the Lord for that. And it opened a door of witness for him to the family. See, and these are the things that God wants you to ask for. I just believe that. I just ask every day, God, give me something, even if it's a call, to call somebody, even if it's a, just to tell somebody I'm happy about Jesus or I'm just happy about today. Let's just begin to say, God, speak to me and I'll do it. You're in it. Agree with me in prayer. Father, I thank you this morning that your word is so true. We live, uh, God, in a crazy day, but you have equipped us and made each person in this room ready with a specific, as a specific piece of the puzzle for what you want to accomplish in this day and in this hour. And I pray for everyone that, Lord, has never had that kind of an aha experience that today it would be birthed in their heart and spirit and they would come alive with this sense of destiny, this sense of eternity that you said you put in every one of our hearts. And God, that we would be awakened today. And God, for, the, uh, the, for others that have had it but maybe have found themselves becoming sluggish and weary in well-doing, that that would be broken off in Jesus' name. It's not from you. It's not from heaven. You never meant for us to be weary in well-doing break off the things that have settled in to put weights on our shoulders almost physical weights to make us even feel heavy and tired break them off I pray and everyone in the sound of my voice this morning that we might arise and fulfill the will purpose and destiny of God for our lives Father, we speak life into our own bodies today. We speak life about the quickening spirit of God that you put in each one of us. And I pray your blessing and favor as we move forward this year, we might know Jesus, be empowered, and then make a difference. We love you, Father. We bless you. In Jesus' name, let your words sink deep today in our hearts. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen.